Hello, and welcome to episode 122 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this is my flu game. Like, I do not feel well. <laughs> but we're going to get through. We're going to get through. Hopefully. Hopefully, Hopefully. we'll get through. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you just hear like a funk, that's just me dying on, on the keyboard. Oh, Brian just got done telling me how he passed out twice already without like trying to so yeah. hopefully he makes it through the episode tonight and my son tried to remove my eyes from my head <laughs> just start clawing at my face so i was like ah. yeah i asked my wife yesterday i said so if i die how long will he last before like he'd make it till you came home right she's like don't say that kind of stuff that's so dark i'm not gonna be able to go to sleep now i'm like it's fine it's fine <laughs> all right so wizards in like their constant march of information has mm-hmm. given us some pro magic, competitive magic news today, like three hours ago, maybe a little longer. Horse Historic Anthology 5 and the accompanying mm-hmm. secret layer was released, yeah. uh, was announced. And then we have our Modern Horizons things. James yeah. has said tight show today. Tight show. So we're going to see <laughs> if I can make this happen. Tight show. We got a, a ton to talk about. So ho- hopefully we can not stray off the course too much so if you want to get us what you're excited about with i don't know competitive magic or historic anthology or whatever you can tweet us at casual tripod yep you can also hit us up on facebook at casual tryhard mtg or as usual you can email us show at casual tryhard mtg.com we also have our discord Uh, there should be a link in the description for an invite into our discord server Um, there's also a link on all our social media if you have a hard time using the link or can't find it or whatever, get a hold of us however you want to, and we'll provide you a link to get you in there. Actually, right before we started recording the show, I was giving some some deck building advice to one of our newest listeners. So hop on over there if you're looking for that or want to shoot us a question or whatever. Um, also, if you want to support the show, um, we have our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. TCG is where I tend to buy cards short of supporting my LGS. If I'm ordering them online, typically it's from TCG player. You can kind of shop around and find the best price. Typically it's way cheaper than you can get stuff for from Star City or Channel Fireball. And the shipping's pretty quick. Um, I know being here on the East Coast... A lot of their TCG direct patch packages come out of New York, and here in South Carolina, it's really only like a day or two before I get them most of the time. So hop on to tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link into TCG Player, we'll get a small percentage of, help keep the show rolling, pay for our hosting fees and equipment and all that kind of stuff. Also, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, patrons get early access to our show notes. They get access to our pre-show ramblings where we, you know, do our mic check, kind of talk about our, our week and discuss the show a little bit. Also, we got some kind of cool stuff in the works that's probably going to roll out to patrons first. So if you're interested in that, hop over to patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg uh the last thing we got going on is our youtube channel brian's had a bunch of strixhaven draft videos going up i've got one more video in the works that i haven't filmed yet um going through my strixhaven like 
collection purchase. Every, every time after a set comes out, I go through and make a big order for all the singles that I'm interested in for a set. And I'm going to video that for you guys and show you kind of what I was buying. And maybe if I have time, I'll go through and get some prices together too. But I still got to make that video that'll be going up on YouTube. Also, every time a set releases, I do box opening videos for whatever the set is. And I do uh, pre-release kit builds on there as well. Uh, so hop over to our YouTube uh, casual tryhard mtg uh, subscribe leave a comment on a video help us out if you would you got anything else before we jump into this i don't think so uh, i still i still have my my strixhaven arena packs to open i have not opened those yet i've just been too sick so, yeah you gotta stop dying first yeah i gotta stop dying but as soon as that's done well, my dying i will yeah. get that video done <laughs> So you got that little disease factory running around. I do, I do. He's, <laughs> he's standing, so he's almost to running. So we're gonna get. There. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. So, so Wizards uh, made an announcement about professional magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, just gone. Just gone. So basically, they're blowing up the MPL now. Mm-hmm. Wizards in classic Wizards fashion. Completely botched the delivery. Oh my god! So they yeah. did the, they <laughs> did the. Um, hey, this is going away, and where everyone's like, so what's coming in its place? Something in Trust the future. Us. Trust us. And it's like, yeah. yeah, you've been saying that while you've been screwing everything up for the last two years. So, and saying trust us. So apparently. I didn't see all of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been like watching different videos and like listening to stuff to kind of like get caught up with things. So apparently after this horrific announcement came out, yeah. the Magic's, Magic Esports account mm-hmm. on Twitter just apparently spent the entire afternoon answering questions and trying to do okay. damage control. And then the Daily MTG Twitch show with Blake... Mm-hmm. Apparently, Blake spent the entire time just, like, trying to put out fires. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. And so, basically, he was kind of intimating or or hinting at that we're going to go back to something that kind of looks like the old system of, like, perhaps PTQs, GPs, and a Pro Tour-like thing. Yeah. But... Don't expect there to be any money in it for pro magic players or for short of like price support, short of price support. Exactly. No more yeah. appearance fees, no more uh, no, travel. no travel stipends. Yeah. Just, hey, uh, if you if you win, you get monies. If you don't, you don't. Right. So on some level, it's not too different than what we had before. Right, like, because really, Which, only, like, like, nobody the... was really complaining about. Like, the only people complaining about the old system were the pros that, like, weren't really making a salary doing it. Yeah, the people that like, at the very top, right? Yeah. Like, there's, you know, there's kind of a thing where, you know, if you're in like, if you're one of the best like, twenty people in the world at something, mm-hmm. usually you can make a decent living. Yeah, like. No matter what that thing is, right? Right. Right. There's some way for you to monetize that. I think Magic, it's a much smaller number. Yeah. Like, it might be, like, the top five 
to 10 mm-hmm. people can like effectively monetize that, right? Your, your Paulo Vitor Domino Rosas, your Gabriel Nassif's, your LSVs. They're people that are at like the top of the game, but also like are able to parlay that into like a Twitch following. Well, and- I mean, that's kind of what I was just going to say though, was like, especially lately, it hasn't really even been the pros that have been effectively monetizing it. It's been just the streamers. Yeah, it's it's basically it's a personality game. I mean, yeah. we've talked about it before, right? Yeah. Where Reed is a great magic player, but no like, personality. Yeah, like I'm sure he's a fun dude to hang out with, but like, yeah, when he like does a video, it's like digital ambient. You're just hey, like, this is Reed, and this is the best hand I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm gonna keep. <laughs> and we're we're playing Jund. That's like cool. <laughs> Uh, but like he he doesn't he doesn't like hook people in like right. I've never watched this croaky stream but apparently he makes a crap ton of money and has a ton of viewers and like that's mainly based on personality. I'm not. Saying I've watched the croaky stream. It's pretty awful. Yeah, from what I've seen, he just yells at people. Yeah, I don't know why people watch him. It's like it makes me anxious just listening to him. Yeah, like I so like every so often I'll watch Caleb. And oh, I, I like Caleb. I usually I like Caleb, but like I, I get super antsy when he starts like, like getting like into it with chat. Oh, when when he's like, you guys are dumb, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, like this isn't fun. Yeah, right now, granted, chat is normally dumb. Right, but but no, like, but yeah. like, like it, Caleb's one of the few streamers that I don't mind watching. Like. Newmont, for the most part, is good. You know, my boy Anzid, I'll, I'll, like, if he pops up and I've got nothing to do, I will watch a stream, watch some sweet legacy action. He plays way too much, too many sorts of plot shares for my liking, but whatever. We have to remember that in Wizards' eyes before the MPL, there weren't magic pros. Right. Right. They had a very, like, strict definition of what a pro magic player was. And mm-hmm. that was someone who, like, basically earned a salary from playing magic. Right. And so they didn't look at the old system as, like, supporting a pro lifestyle. Yeah. Right? So I think they're going to go back to a similar system where there's where they're not putting any money in beyond price support. So there's no confusion that, like, yo, you're not, you're not a pro magic player in, like, the sense we want to define it. Where, like, Watsi's not giving you money for anything but, like, your performance in these events. Yeah. And so, like, I think we have to, like, look at that as, you know, where we're going to go. And like you said, like, I'm fine with, like, I would like to go back to a system where there are PTs and there are PTQs and there are, Mm -hmm. like, GPs. Now, like, it is hard because, like, the MPL and the end of the world kind of overlapped. Right. And it's not that the MPL killed GPs. Right. It was just the rise in air quotes of the MPL <laughs> is uh, uh, coincided with GPs dying. Yeah. Cause we just couldn't go anywhere. So like, I guess we don't know what, what it would have looked like. Right. If all, every, everything was happening simultaneously. Yeah. There, I think there's way too many variables there. Cause we also had like the most garbage standard environment that ever existed. Yeah. Right before the world ended. Yeah. Um, and there was which a lot that certainly didn't help. Yeah. And 
I think like the whole MPL everything was handled extremely poorly. I don't know if you listened um, to just, Arena Deck List. One of the things that like no. Jerry pointed out was you signed a contract for the MPL where you had to stream, and thirty one of the thirty two people did. Jerry being right. the one who didn't. Like he <laughs> he signed the contract. He's like, I'm not streaming. Like write me a contract yeah. where I don't have to stream. But they didn't then give like, any support to anyone to learn mm-hmm. how to stream. Like they didn't yeah. have like a stream coach. I don't know if any like any of our listeners have ever been to like a large event, but there is a a large portion of magic nerds that don't have streaming personalities. <laughs> like the you dude, can be good in magic and not have a streaming personality. I mean, and not have a personality. Right. Again, I refer you to my red black reanimator player who like threw cards at me and grunted throughout our match <laughs> and in no uh. way communicated to me like a person. <laughs> so so I'm assuming that like that means that like you have a chancellor of the annex? You fact that you threw it at me? Okay, cool. Oh uh. uh, yeah, it was like, dude. Right. So, you know, you can be the best magic player in the world, right? But if you don't have a personality, it doesn't mean you're gonna be a good streamer. Yeah. They would have been better served to maybe like talk to people and go like, where do you think your shrinks lie? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Like we'll have, oh, you really want to stream? Okay, cool. We'll have someone work with you Yeah, on your setup and like talk about what makes a successful stream. And oh, you mm-hmm. think you'd do better with like scripted content yeah. and like doing videos. Okay. Like we can work with you on that. Yeah. Or like, oh, you think you'd do better like writing articles for the mothership? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But instead they were like, all of you, stream. And ready to go. Like, yeah, ready to go. But but I, I don't know. What is Stream Labs? And they're like, figure it out. <laughs> Ask Newmont. You're like, damn it, yeah. can you just tell me? That and then the fact that it was so convoluted, like we've talked about before, if for some reason mm-hmm. you stumbled onto Twitch. And you stumbled onto the league weekend and you were watching it. I did it. not. Neither did I. But yeah. if you did, it was so convoluted, they couldn't hook you. Yeah. Right? They couldn't be like, oh, this match is for $3,000. Or this yeah. match is to see who stays in the MPL or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? It was just like, here's a match. And there are like 40 of them. That, yeah. they're, that they're all going to play. And at the end, we'll figure out who has the most. And it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't like work for people. Right. So they just did a bad job all the way around from like execution on like what they had these people do to like the system people could follow to problems with the client. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the there's no spectator mode is something that like everyone who's talked about it has like brought up yeah and like it is weird because like i played eternal five years ago mm-hmm. and there was a spectator mode like yeah. if there was someone on your friends list and they were playing you could just click a little eyeball icon beside them and watch them and watch them play their game watch them punt yeah right and like we don't have that kind of thing where like big Watsy can just like, w- like take two streams or take two games yeah. and like, like stream them directly or whatever. Cause like 
yeah. they live somewhere on a server or something. I mean, you would think they they have to communicate somehow. They just didn't yeah. have the. It seems like though the 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 uh, client is like out of beta. It's never mm-hmm. really been out of beta, right? So yeah, there's like so many features that you would just expect any like online game to have that don't exist. Yeah, again, the fact that to play a game against you, I have to like click. And then, like, direct challenge you and enter your name plus the nuclear codes. Right. It's just, like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I should just be able to, like, click and be like, let's play a game. Yep. Which I guess they've gotten better at now. Or let's play Historic Brawl. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not allowed. Yeah. So, with the MPL going away, the thing that they did say is they're hoping to focus more on local and regional events. Yeah, they said that they wanted to get back to the gathering and that was something that was mentioned at least two or three times like in the article and on stream from what i gather uh, Um, six times in the article six times in the article yeah code was also mentioned six times what was covid oh okay (laughs) trying to blame something huh yeah but yeah that so that was something that they wanted to focus on was the gathering aspect instead of the you know giant push towards digital that they've done with like every aspect of their advertising for the last two years um now they want to get back to the gathering I mean so. from like the I just graduated with my business degree right mm-hmm. it seems like the like easiest marketing thing in the world after like a year and a half of people not being together everyone's going to want to come together. That's true. It just seems like it's free money for right now. Uh, Yeah, but no, I mean, it's good. I guess my question is like, what is regional play? Like, are we talking like the North American region, the Lan Am region, Asia Pacific, Europe? Or are we talking like chopping those up smaller and being like Southeastern United States? You know well, I mean? I mean, like, I guess the, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't work for Wizards, but what would make sense to me is like a combination of both. Like you, you can't really cut up like Latin America into regions because like the same number of people that play magic and like all of Latin America also play magic in New England. Yeah, I mean, but you can though. I mean, think about like, You've heard the stories of people like qualifying, like winning a PTQ and then like flying. Qualifiers that feed into a larger tournament. Like you're not going to have an event for the U.S. and an event for Brazil. I mean, you could. I guess what I was going to say is, is like, right. Like there were definitely uh, regionals in the U.S. where like our regional would have like 80 to 100 people show up for the regional, right? Mm-hmm. but then like the regional and like salt lake city had like 35 yeah and so like you could see where they were like we're gonna have like you know mexico and then like you know from like whatever south of mexico this is my my geography is falling, failing <laughs> me to like panama that's then a region and yeah. then like those all come together for like the the latin american championships or whatever yeah. Right. So I don't know, like, you know, on one hand, like having more regional events, right, would make it so, um, 
you know, there might just be more events closer to people. Yeah, I mean, the flip, the flip side of that, though, is like, if it costs the same money to run an event, like if you're going to put out money for events and you're going to schedule an event in Salt Lake City and in Richmond, is it is that cost effective to get 35 people for an event in Salt Lake City? No. No, I mean, I think you, you get a different venue. Uh, one thing that the professor brought up in his video today was, and it's something that we had talked about, uh, mm-hmm. that, that he didn't call it the Smash Brothers model, but he's like, <laughs> maybe maybe what they're trying to do is get like competitive play out of their purview. Just let someone else do it entirely? Yeah, like, cool, Star I mean, City, maybe. pastime, like, we're going to step out of this arena, like, you're yeah. not competing with WotC anymore. But I also feel like they're leaving a lot of money on the table if they do that. It, it might not be money that they want, though. Like, if you look back at how we got to where we are, like, the first step of this was letting Channel Fireball take over everything. Yeah, fair. So maybe they just don't want to be part of it anymore. And yeah, maybe you're completely right. Hassle. And honestly, like, if you go back and look at, like, the SCG tour, like, there were... I don't know if you'd call them pros, but there were certainly like famous personalities on the SCG tour that wrote articles and went to every event and, you know, qualified for all the invitationals, blah, 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 that like were advertised or made like a spectacle of more so than a lot of the like quote unquote, you know, magic pros that only did GPs and PTs. Yeah. Well, um, there's also, um, uh, if you if you uh, look at Cedric's Twitter, Cedric yeah. says that's all on him. Yeah. Which on some level it might be, and that like he was very focused on like a basketball type of marketing where you marketed like the players. Yeah. And then people cared about the game because they cared about this player, right? right? Whereas Magic takes kind of an NFL view mm-hmm. of marketing, which is they market the game. Right. And you're supposed to care about the game because it's the game. And Not if a player wants fine. and if a player wants to market themselves, sure. But mm-hmm. for the most part, you're just not gonna see the players. So yeah. right, like if you think about like the amount of stuff you knew about a random SEG pro mm-hmm. versus the amount of stuff you know about Raph Levy. Yeah. Right? You're like, okay, <laughs> Raph Levy is French, has only ever missed one pro tour, and has some kids. Right? Yep. Kevin Jones is a self-taught tennis player who... uh got a scholarship at uh, Robert Morris outside of Pittsburgh to play tennis. Why do I know these things? Because every time... Because they're stat cards. (laughs) Because of their stat cards. Every time it came up, like they talked about the daddy, Kevin Jones. Right? And (laughs) Tom the Boss Ross. Right? Like, official magic never did that. Now, part of it is like when you are doing four big productions a year, right? As opposed to like a weekly or a bi-weekly thing, it's harder to build those narratives. Right. But like, you know, they should have been like following people or highlighting Mm -hmm. people like constantly. 
in like, right. you know, not like sending like Brian David Marshall out into the crowd to like do like a gorilla deck tech, right? <laughs> right. They should have like, like done really good deck checks, which they kind of did, but it wasn't like. I don't know. I, I felt like people's personality came through more on the SCG tour. And I think that was by design. Definitely. Yep. I think they really wanted you to care about random mm-hmm. 17 year old. Right. It's like, you know, in the top eight. Yeah. Like so, well, what was the right before quarantine? The, the twins or not the twins, but the kids. Oh gosh. What are their names? Like one of them made the pro tour. I actually was in a draft pod with one of them uh, when I day two that uh, draft. Oh God. When I date. Oh gosh. I forget what their names are, but yeah, like the three kids that like I could pick. There was a time where I could, I knew who their mom was because they interviewed yeah. their mom. Right. Cause like she would go well, to all they, the, they made a them. huge, yeah, they made a huge deal out of all oh, the, you know, this family is so, so awesome. They, you know, took their entire vacation so that they could travel the country and follow the SCG tour this summer. And like, they made a huge story out of like these kids. Yeah. Magic never, did that and I, again i don't know if it's like the difference between having like you know a quarterly event yeah but like you know maybe the solution to your problem wasn't cutting all of your coverage from all of your events right which it sounds like they might be cutting all the coverage from all of their events oh really yeah like i mean I, they didn't i guess they didn't talk about it at all but i just assumed there'd be coverage kind of came up like i needed to i haven't listened to lr because, like, uh, what's Marshall was talking about how, like, what's happening is going to impact his coverage life as well. Yeah. And basically, he was like, thanks to all the patrons. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for making it so I can, like, live even if I don't have a coverage gig. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like if Push came to shove, he could broadcast the SCG tour. I'm sure, yeah. There's a few stragglers on the SCG tour that we could do without. So, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, trim some of the fat and trim some of the fat, like bring, yeah bring, bring in marshall but yeah. no i just don't feel like they ever they ever did it they ever wanted to like grow things or didn't know how yeah but if they're going back to something you know regional adjacent or a regional series adjacent that wizards doesn't want control over like i mean that sounds like the perfect job for scg yeah, where they could come in and do their thing. Mm-hmm. And like we had mentioned before, like, if you, like, broke up the country, like, if SCG has, like, the Northeast and the Southeast, and, yeah. like, you know, whatever uh, big, you know, what Nerd Rage Gaming or, uh, or oh, gosh, uh, Ultra Reality runs, like, a Pokemon and, like, Dragon Ball Z circuit in the Midwest. Yeah. Yep. Right, if they, like, moved into Magic, right, in the Midwest, and then, like, you kind of, like, broke the country up. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, at the end, like, the champions of each of these, like, circuits could, like, come together. Come together, yeah. Right, and you could do something where every week you had an event, mm-hmm. but it was the SEG was the first Friday of the month. Yeah. And then the Nerd Rage was the second Friday, or second mm-hmm. Saturday, whatever. And you just worked through. Like, that could work. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that came up, like, Saffron Olive tweeted this at, um, what's his name? At, uh, out in general, and the Mark Rosewater got back to him. It's like, basically, mm-hmm. 
how many players are the, you know, mythical kitchen table casual, mm-hmm. right? And Mark Rosewater got back to him and said that 90% of all Magic players have never registered for a sanctioned event. Now, my first thought was, if we went down to Myrtle Beach Games yeah. and we lined everyone up that we've ever played like an FNM with mm-hmm. or like, you know, a Saturday standard event, right? Right. And said, have you registered for an, a, a sanctioned event? Mm-hmm. How many of them would realize that FNM was a sanctioned event? That's true. Or pre-release. Or pre-release was a sanctioned event. So yeah. I don't know, like... I think maybe people think of like, oh, I haven't done a GP or a PTQ, right. so I've not done a sanctioned event. It's like, well, no, you've probably done a sanctioned event if you've played right. like at your if you like gave your LGS money, right? And there were pairings, you mm-hmm. probably were in a sanctioned event. Yeah, I mean, so, it's in the store's best interest to sanction an event. So yeah, so I think that number might be low, but yeah. they're like, we want to cater to this group. So we want to do Command Fest, and we want Magic Fest to have more, like, side events. But, like, Mm -hmm. what is your goal when you run a Command Fest or you have more side events? Is you're trying to turn unenfranchised players into enfranchised players. You're trying to convert those people that have never been in a sanctioned event into people who play sanctioned events. Is that the goal, though? I think, right, because once you become, like, enfranchised, right, you are, you're a stickier customer. I understand that. Like, if they're, if they're not looking to run, like, events like we used to, though, like, maybe we're assuming that the goal is to turn people into, like, more competitive enfranchised players, but maybe that's not really the goal. Maybe the goal is to just, you know... I think there's a distinction between those two. Well, uh, kind of like you... we were talking in the pre-show, there's a distinction between like competitive and pro. I yeah. think there's a distinction between like competitive and enfranchised. Well, that's what and I, I getting say, people like... to show up for events. I think is different than making them enfranchised. Well, I was gonna say, like I think that getting people to show up to events is like how you get them to be enfranchised, right? Like they don't necessarily have to be competitive, right? I guess my point is you don't have to, you don't have to, like the end goal of taking somebody from their kitchen table doesn't have to be putting them in a GP. Like it could be just like making them have more fun so they buy more product. And that doesn't necessarily mean events. Well, see, I think, I don't know, like I feel like it does kind of mean events because you find new ways to use your cards, right? As opposed to playing against the same people. So, right, like you go to a command fest and you have a good time. You want to buy yeah. more cards to build more decks to go to your next command fest. Right. And I think that yeah. even if they're not like a competitive player, like that gets them into the larger magic ecosystem. Like yeah. they, they go from being like kind of an Island of like their four friends at their kitchen table into this mm-hmm. bigger group. And they're yeah. hopefully able to like stick to something where you know, so I think it's funny that on one hand, like a lot of competitive and enfranchised players feel like magic is kind of turning their back on them. Yeah. But I, I feel like the reason that you run all these events is if you were happy with the current model, right? 
where hey, ninety mm-hmm. percent of our players can't get to the kitchen table and have never done an have never done a sanctioned event. We're cool with that. Yeah. Then you wouldn't run events, sanctioned events that cater to that demographic. Right. Right. You're trying to get that demographic to be something more. Mm-hmm. Right. Where they don't like respond to your survey. Like, yeah, I haven't played magic in six months. Like I play magic, but I haven't played in six months. Like, no, that's like six months of sales. You lost. You want someone that's go- that's playing like all of the time. Right. And I think you do that by like giving them events and giving things that cater to them. So yeah. it's funny that like, and franchise players are like, oh man, I feel like I'm being ignored. Well, Watsy is, I feel, trying to make more enfranchised players to ignore. <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. make any sense, right? It's like, we love casual players. We'd really like you to come to this event, though. <laughs> and it's like, uh, how how does that work? <laughs> Not very well, obviously, because I can't figure well. it out. So there was, um, with like kind of the end of quote-unquote pro magic, Matt Sperling, uh, noted magic personality and uh, uh, controversial figure at times, right? <laughs> uh, put out a very short video talking about how it's weird that magic has 10% of its customer base that feels like it has to constantly like justify its existence to Watsi. Mm-hmm. And he compared it to like a car company like Toyota, right? Hey, 90% of our, our people are going to buy a Camry or a Prius. Yeah. But we're still going to build this like high end sports car under our like, you know, Infinity brand for mm-hmm. like the 10% of the population that is into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like that 10% of the population that's into that kind of car doesn't have to go to Infinity and go, like, can you please build this car for us? They just do it. Right. But that also like misses a point of that car, right? Correct. You know, which is. When they build the $100,000, like, fastest production car ever kind of deal, right? Mm -hmm. Fastest mass-produced car ever. It's not because they expect anyone to buy it. They know a couple people will. But they want you to go into the store, go into the showroom and go, oh, my God. That's so cool. This thing's amazing. I want to be associated with this brand because this car is so cool. Or you weren't going to go into the showroom at all. Right. Right, but then you saw that car on an ad, and you were like, "Oh my god, I need to like mm-hmm. see that in person." And then their hope is to then convert you from someone who wanted to look at that car to buying anything else in the showroom, please. <laughs> yeah. Right, and that's the that's the pro tour, right? Yeah, is basically, is oh hey, I might not make it to the pro tour, but that's something I want to aspire to be, right? right. I can certainly and, play in a GP, though. Yeah, I'll play in a GP. All right, like, yeah. maybe I wasn't, like, maybe I'd never played in a franchised event. And, or not a franchise, a, a, a sanctioned event. Sanctioned event. Right. But now that I see this Pro Tour thing, and this looks super cool, Yeah, I want to play in a sanctioned event, because I know sanctioned events is how I get from here to there. Right. Like So, it, like... Uh, that analogy is actually better than you think it is. And there's a whole nother part of it that I'm assuming Sperling didn't realize and that you kind of glossed over too. And that if you're going to apply this to wizards, wizards glossed over this as well. And when auto manufacturers make that fancy car, that's 
you know, super fast and luxurious and all the bells and whistles. It's not like there's multiple reasons for it. It's not just to bring people into the showroom. Of course it does that. And it's not just to give to their best customers. Of course it does that too, but it's also a test bed for technology that they're wanting to put into production and other cars coming down the line. And I think that's something that Wizards is also kind of missing the boat on where they're not like using the feedback from their pros to make changes. Yeah. Where like they can, they're on the cutting edge and they're like, right. yo, this card's a problem. Yeah. You shouldn't do this. Or like we've talked this about is why like, this format's awful. Yeah. You know, like, or I mean, even right now in historic with like tainted pact, everyone feels like tainted pact should be banned. Yeah. And it hasn't been for reasons. Yeah, I don't know. Right. So they're, but yeah, they're missing out on that, that opportunity to like, you know, use the people that are at the cutting edge right. in an effective way. And like the way they use them now is they pull them off of the cutting, off of the, that leading edge and they lock them in like Watsi and they're like, play commander. Sign a contract that you're not going to play competitive magic for the next three years. Yeah. But, that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but spend all of your time trying to break competitive magic. And it's like, bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they are just kind of like, by getting rid of that like upper echelon, and I think this like happened with the MPL, because you mm -hmm. couldn't explain to someone how you got from like your kitchen table to like on the Twitch channel. Yeah. Right? On the magic official Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. No one even bothered. Right? right? Like, you know, on some level, like, people watch, like, you know, professional sports, and there's, like, part of them that, like, they've played that game. And they yeah. know they're not, like, that good, but they've played the game. They, like, like there's some investment there. Like, maybe I, I won't make it once. Yeah, they won't make it to the NFL, but, like, oh, I've played football. I can go play football with my friends right now. Right? Yeah. You know, and Magic had this thing where, like, you could go play Magic with your friends, but if you worked really, really, really hard and like a million things broke your way, you could end mm -hmm. up there. Right. Right. Which is like a dream that like a lot of things can't sell. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, yeah, we're not going to sell that dream anymore. Right. And it's like, why? Like that was a really easy thing to sell. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so much for a tight podcast. Um, yeah, I know we're, we're, we're going long. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've got to edit it. Um, so one more thing. So last week we talked about the arena open weekend being an utter dumpster fire with the servers not being able to do basic server stuff like be connected to. Yeah. Wizards came out and issued an apology for everything that happened. And there was a redeemable code for yeah. everybody. Um, I posted it in Discord if anybody didn't get the code. I don't remember what it is, is off it the top of my head. experimental overload? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Boom. Um, you get a 2,000 experience, I think. Yeah, and like sleeve. two packs or something. I think it was a sleeve. Something, yeah. Another thing I never use. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so this was the Mythic Invitational Qualifier weekend or something? I don't know. Yeah, so the thing that, like being 7-0 last weekend qualified you for was this that yeah oh i thought it was i thought this was the thing if you were 12 if you were uh if you had top 1200 mythic 
Yeah, you also get an invite for okay. going undefeated in an open, though. Okay, so, well, day one apparently went fine. Mm-hmm. Day two was supposed to be standard. But someone clicked the historic box. Oops. And so people were, like, playing their standard deck and queuing into historic decks. Or people's, like, standard Boros Winona deck was banned in historic. So they couldn't play their standard deck because Winona's banned. Huh. They also, um, to compound things, people were like, yo, at Magic Esports and at Wizards Help, like, historic decks are legal. What should I do? And they were like, it's cool. Just play with your standard deck and we'll fix it. Yeah. So people were told to keep playing. If you're in with your standard deck, keep playing. If you're in with a historic deck, stop. Okay. Well, what ended up happening was is they just nuked the entire event. <laughs> hey, yo, you're you're four, you're five and zero. Oh? No, you're not. You're zero and zero. Wow. You spent. So they six, just hard rebooted it. They hard rebooted it back to. They gave everyone a new day two entry token, and just oh, started man. over. Holy moly. And from what I saw, it looks like some people were um, they were supposed to give you whatever prizes you had earned to that point. But if your okay. event hadn't ended, yeah, it just ended. You didn't get uh, prizes. So if you were oh, 5-0, you didn't get the five win prizes. Now, this might have got fixed later on. but So they just blew up everyone's day and... We're like, here's four thousand gems for your prop for your troubles, and it's like you've you've got to be kidding me. The fact that like, hey, is it awful? It is, but you should be able to go through and like reconstruct the tournament. Yeah, I mean that that's something that we've complained about a bunch on the show is the lack of the ability to redo any portion of an event. Like, I think that whole part of the program needs to be kind of reworked because nothing about it operates correctly. Like the whole event system, how you can't like everything's random and you can't ever like do true pairings. Yeah. There's no Swiss pairings. Well, yeah, apparently... and I think that's like part of the reason why you can't do like competitive drafts for like day two of an open either. Right. Well, I think that's also like, what if you get to seven people? Then you have a bot yeah. drafter. Yeah. Which is weird. But there's also, um, so Kai Buddha had his opponent disconnect doing in game one so it was just a game loss and they like restarted from game uh game two with kai up 1-0 because they're like yeah we can't go back and fix it so that's yeah. just a game loss and it's like yeah. what how is that just a game loss that apparently yeah. happened twice this weekend people had like connection issues and just got game losses that's crazy i mean especially like and like the MPL events where like you're playing for like your next year's salary. Right. And like, oh yeah, sorry, you, you DC'd. Yeah. Nothing we can do. <laughs> oh yeah, this match is worth sixty thousand dollars to you. Whoops. Oops, sorry. Yeah. You should have paid more for your internet connection. Yeah, or we should have paid more for our server bandwidth. Yeah. But yeah, so Moving back to paper events should fix some of this. Yeah. 
like i mean we've talked about it on the show too about how like our outlook of arena might be different from other people's where like we see arena as a place to practice for our paper events as opposed to like the the only way to engage with magic like for a lot of people is just arena and i think that kind of skews our view of it as well yeah but at the same time though like i would be content like playing arena on like a higher level because you you enjoyed like day two of the arena open but like to get to like the mythic invitational qualifier like it's a grind i've done it like huge time commitment i've done it like once or twice and like right now i'm just playing like historic with like neoform Mm -hmm. and the deck has about a 50 percent win rate i've been stuck in platinum three for like ever but i basically like We'll get four wins and maybe more in a day if I'm like bored. But mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing what I did a year Previous and a half ago where I was like, well, I'm going to play 200 games this week because yeah. based on my win rate, that will get me to Mythic. Yeah. Like, no, like it's just not worth it. Right. It's just too big of a commitment. Mm-hmm. So, and like, you know, I might have played a second Arena Open pool. But yeah. like, I didn't want to go a dumpster fire. Yeah, I didn't want to like I didn't get to start till like eleven. Yeah, partly because like you were like, yeah, you've got to like play a game, and you're gonna restart the client, and you're gonna play a yeah. game and restart the client. I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, right. So like, you know, I don't know how many people were like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. But two weeks in a row, like where your client that is apparently making you ungodly sums of money doesn't work. Yeah, all of the money. Is not okay. So I was talking with, I think I was talking with Anthony about this a little bit. And I mean, he has a very like one-sided jaded view of Arena being an LGS owner that Wizards is like actively driving people away from his store. So his view is a little bit different than mine. But like he thinks that part of the problem is that it's like built on Hearthstone and it's not actually Wizards program. Because it's supposed to be like built on the same engine as Hearthstone, right? Didn't Wizards say that at some point? Maybe. We think they just like license Hearthstone's like code and then just like build on top of it? Yeah, like supposedly Arena is just built on Hearthstone. Like whatever the engine is that runs Hearthstone is basically in the background of Arena. And that's why they're having a hard time fixing all this stuff is because like, it's not their development. All right. So if you go to the Hearthstone wiki, it says that it's built on the unity engine. Yes. Which is what, uh, yeah. Which is the same engine arena is built on. Yeah. But I mean, that's like, again, nerds don't come at us. Like that's like saying that a game's built on the unreal engine. Like that's just like an engine. Like, that's just, like, a framework that you build your game in. I don't think that that makes it so, like, it would be buggier, you know, because it's, well, I mean, it's not wouldn't, unreal. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that make sense, though, that, like, it's harder to put different features in if, like, it's built on someone else's framework? Maybe, but, like, again, like, in video game development, like, there are... Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know anything about software design, so... like, so. in again third grader understanding but like for like video games for like consoles and pcs like when like games are built on the the um 
like for a while it was the unreal engine was like what all 3d games were built or most 3d games were built on and yeah. it was like but so you would get two wildly different games with wildly different features but they were built in unreal well i mean a, you can like you can still tell they're the same game though no like you can kind of but well, I mean, I'm thinking back, like when you say Unreal Engine, like I'm thinking back to the actual game. Unreal? Like way, like Unreal way back, Yeah, like way back in the day. And like Quake was the same game in the same engine with like different yeah, graphics it's, it's, and, it's come, and stuff. It's come a long way. But again, I'm not 100% sure. But like, I don't, it could be. It could just be that like the Unity engine is yeah. is limiting what they can do. But like Hearthstone has a spectator mode. Right, but like, I think Arena is doing more than Hearthstone does, though. Like, the game is way more complex. It is. Like, it might be harder to enable some of that other stuff because of, like, Magic being so much more of a complex game than Hearthstone, while still being, like, on the same same scaffolding yeah. or whatever. I, I I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of an interesting take on it. Yeah, they just might not have the ability to do what they need to do because of. Yeah. Like the what they're built on. Right. All right. So let's get to the let's get to the games on Arena and <laughs> sure. talk about Historic Anthology Five. Yeah, coming soon to a screen near you. Yes. To an overworked laptop near you. Um yeah. so there are perhaps slightly more playables. Well, I this. mean these cards are way more playable than the last one. Like, all of them. Fair, fair. So, we've got the Dragon Commands. So Yeah, the ones from Dragons of Tarkir. Yeah, so basically, you had the, the Strixhaven Commands, mm -hmm. and now we're getting the other set of commands. Yep. So, uh, a Tarkus Command is the red-green one. They all have four modes. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to read. Yeah, choose two. I'm not going to read through all of them. But yeah. like a Targus command, like goes in your aggressive gruel deck, mm -hmm. and I, it's almost always deal three, pump the team plus one plus one. So they, like the other thing that's weird about a Targus command is the one mode that nobody ever used on a Targus command is probably going to be relevant and historic. Yeah, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, like in like a teamer ramp deck. Yeah. Like where we're trying to take a million turns. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Um Jermokas Command, which was like my favorite card when Corsair of Crufix was around. That card was great. So Jermokas Command, green white, prevent all damage from an instant or sorcery. Sometimes it mm -hmm. saved a creature. Yep. Uh, or or you. Target player sacrifices an enchantment. Which kills always killed always killed Corsair. Put a plus one plus one counter on a creature, and then a creature you control fights when you don't. Yeah, so, so it like, usually was plus one plus one and fight. Yeah, and well, Courser was there. It was like sack your Courser. Yeah, eat your other thing with the fight, annihilate yeah. you, and then Culligan's command, which is probably the proven itself one. to be the best of them, by far. Yeah, one black red, uh, instant return target creature from your graveyard to your hand. Target player discards a card, destroy target artifact. Culligan's command deals two damage to any target, so it's. Mm -hmm almost always a two for one because you can almost always get a creature back and then make right. them discard something or shatter something or kill something with the two damage. Right. So that's why it's better than uh, 
Prismari Command, even though Prismari Command shares, like, two modes with it. Yeah. It doesn't have kind of that guaranteed right. uh, mode. Like, it has card selection instead of discard. Yeah. Or instead of, uh, yeah, discard. Yeah. Then Ojitai's Command, I'm not going to read because no one's going to play this card. Right. Uh, and Solmgar's Command, nobody's going to play either. No, they just needed to, like, finish out the cycle. Right. Um, so those are interesting. The three we talked about, I think, will be good. Mm-hmm. Trash for Treasures, my boy. I know. That's exciting, right? I figured you'd be excited. There's that and one other card you, you're going to be excited for. Uh, Yes. Yes. So <laughs> Trash for Treasure, two and a red for a sorcery. You have to, as additional cost, you sack an artifact. And you yep. return an artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Sounds like a pretty good way to get a gate or a God Pharaoh's gift onto the battlefield. A God Pharaoh's gift, a uh, uh, there's no like huge artifact creatures that like would super matter. Platinum the, Angel. Uh, Platinum Angel, yeah, Platinum Angel could work. But yeah, like th- that's a card like I have played just as like, hey, this is a bad combo deck. We have Faithless mm-hmm. Looting, like mm-hmm. it's it's perfect for that. Like you faithless, yep. like even something like the um, oh, what is it called? Oh gosh, thinking, thinking, the Magnum Opus decks. Oh yeah, yep. Right, where you're like, turn one, faithless looting away my um, torrential gear hawk. Turn mm-hmm. two, end of your turn, put my Magnum Opus in the graveyard, make a treasure. Turn three, yep. land, sack my treasure to trash for treasure. Yep. Get back gear. Get back gear. Hulk flashback. Magnum opus. Yeah, like that's yep. that's a brutal turn three. Like yeah, here's a five six. Good. I like nugged you, drew two cards, and made a four four. I put nine power on the board. Go. Yeah. Like for three mana. Yeah, for three mana. Like whoo. So yeah, that card. That card's interesting. And again, it mm-hmm. goes in the kind of like a already built deck. Right. Uh, we have the Praetors. I guess yeah. yeah I all of the. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. We have the Praetors. All of the old school ones. Yeah. So, Elish Norn, Jingataxius, uh, Shieldred, Shieldred, Urabrast, uh, and Vor- uh, the original Vorinclex. Right. Which we knew we were getting anyway. Now, right. Urabrask is my boy. He uh, is your boy. No, no banlist modern loves you in Ur- <laughs> Urabrask because you get to put it down with uh, Hypergenesis and then give all your creatures haste and then you mush you win yep. yes you win if you if you've done it right you win if you've done it wrong you don't win and you're sad but perhaps the most exciting thing is the fact that we are getting the all phyrexian text card styles on arena and the all phyrexian text as a secret layer yes now one these always look super sick uh-huh. Two, for the longest time, like the most expensive card you would consistently like see in person was the, the Judge Norn. The Judge promo foil Frexian Text Elish Norn. And yeah. there was a time I don't know what it is now. There was a time it was like seven or eight hundred dollars when like yeah. underground seas were like three hundred. Elish right. Norns were like seven hundred. Right, like when Foil Force of Wills were seven hundred, that was what Elish Nord was. I think her yep. price has come down, but this is a card that people are going to want. This is aimed directly at the commander people. Mm-hmm. 
I'm definitely buying at least one copy of The Secret Lair when it comes out. Gotcha. I'll, I'll probably get a playset. So the, the card that I missed was Grizzly Salvage. Yeah. Which I did get excited for that. You were right. Like that was. <laughs> so I was like, really? So uh, a black and a green for an instant. Reveal the top five cards of your library. You may put a creature or land card from among them into your hand. Put the rest in your graveyard. So you don't get to pick from cards already in your graveyard. Right. But you do get to pick either land or creature. So And more importantly, you get to mill five. Yes. So this fits right into the Jund Storm Herald deck. Yeah, like with all the pieces that that deck's gotten recently, I'm beginning to think that might not even be the most powerful thing you can do with that shell anymore. It might not be. I don't know what is the most powerful thing. Yeah. I mean, there there has to be most of the pieces for, like, some sort of dredge deck, though. Yeah. Like, we're getting like, dangerously close. We have Narcomimas and, uh, like, we have Narcomima, Creeping Chill. Creeping Chill. Uh, we don't have, we have uh, Stupid Silver Smoke Ghoul, but we don't have, like, Prize Amalgam. Right. Like, yeah. that's, that's the thing that it's missing, I think. Yeah. They gotta put it over the top, but. Grizzly Salvage is a is a good card. It kind of always finds a home. Mm-hmm. Like there's some tier two deck that will play it. Uh, like I will be putting it in Jund. Yeah. Uh, Storm Herald for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably just replaces the um, Cathartic Reunions, right? Probably, yeah. Like, because you have Faithless Looting to like buy stuff back. And like, yeah. it just puts way more cards in your graveyard. Yeah. I haven't played that deck in a while. I need to like go back and look at it because I haven't had my Wither Bloom commands because I've been holding yeah, out yeah. to open packs for you the people. <laughs> um, so Vault Scourge, it's just an oddball to have. I think it's going to see play in the um, like Tempered Steel decks. Yeah, because we have a Court Hussar. Not Court Hussar. I'm yeah. Sorry. Is it Court Hussar? Uh, court yeah. Homunculus. Court Homunculus. Court yeah. Hussar has Fortel. Uh, not Fortel. Uh, <laughs> For for shadow for something, um, forecast like, forecast. There you go. Yeah. So, Vault Scourge is a an artifact creature for one and a Phyrexian black as flying life link and it's a one one. And then you have yep. like Court Homunculus, which is a one one for one that gets plus one plus one if you control another artifact. Court yep. Homunculus's best friend is a three minute specter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, or like you said, like you know, a curve of like Court Homunculus into like Court Homunculus, uh, Vault, Scourge, Tempered Steel. Like you're just attacking for like, you know. A bazillion. Uh, 11 on turn three. And it's just like, yo, yeah. how's it going? Bowman I mean, Courier. Yeah, one, yeah, one mana two twos aren't like embarrassing. Right. Right. So I think that like it's fine there as well. So we have Stifle. Mm-hmm. And so for those, the uninitiated, <laughs> the, it is the people who have never been got. Yeah, it is blue for an instant counter target activated or triggered ability. Yep. Step one is this changes how you have to use your fabled passages, fabled passages against blue decks, right? Because you don't want to like crack your fabled passage and have them stifle the uh, the the fetch, and then you just yeah. get stone rained for one mana. <laughs> oh, also, I lost to two stone rain decks this week. I was not a happy person. Did you really? 
Yeah, I got like turn two stone rain, and then uh, then they played like back to back room blasters into like mm. waking the trolls. So that's another thing I want out of arena. Is I've seen a bunch of sweet deck lists lately that I wanted to see, and there's like not even a provision to ask your opponent for the deck list. Yeah, that'd be like, hey, let me see what you have. Can I look at your deck? Can you send me your deck list? Like that'd be like a cool like feature. Yeah, because like again, in like Eternal, you could like after a game message your opponent, mm-hmm. which you know could end poorly because Magic players have issues. But <laughs> but no, it'd be cool. Like it was like, hey, can you send me the, your deck list? And there's a way yeah. for like that they could just like it would just import into your decks so you could look yep. at it. I mean, they could say no, but you could ask. Mm-hmm. Like that would be interesting. But yeah, I got I got got. So like blue blue red stone rains where like they stifle your fetches and stuff. Woo. Ooh. So I think that stifles here for tainted pack. Could be. Right? Like they go Thassa's Oracle trigger on the stack, tainted packed. Mm-hmm. And then they get roped. And then you have to find the right time to stifle their trigger. To stifle their trigger, which I don't know how that'll work. Because, well, I guess you would get priority after Tainted Pack resolves. You should, yeah. I mean, there's been some times recently where I should have gotten priority on my end step. Like, and I was like, didn't. yeah, I'm, I'm done. And then they do something, and then it comes back to me, and I, it goes to my turn. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I get priority again. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, like did I click something? <laughs> you didn't tell me you wanted priority, yeah, so I didn't. Yeah, you didn't put a stop, so I just like went away. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, but I think this is here to stifle Thassa's Oracle. Could be. Which, if your solution to a problem is to put another card in the format, you haven't fixed your problem. <laughs> right. It's like, so now I have to play, if I'm playing best of three, I have to play three, I have to play four stifles in my main deck. Yeah. Or I just get annihilated. Mm, no thanks. This this seems like a problem. Yeah. I don't know that like stifles is a super healthy card anyway. No, it's it's a miserable card. Right? Yeah. Like it's like how many people are gonna be like super bummed when like because uh, people still haven't learned how to brainstorm. Right. Like I've just I played against someone today that like cast the two worst brainstorms I've ever seen in my life. And then uh like end of turn one brainstorm into end of turn two brainstorm. Yikes. I think there was a fabled passage in between, so they shuffled away one card. But yeah. it was like awful. I was like, "What have you done?" <laughs> um, like you didn't even like give yourself a chance to draw a land on turn two. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, the like people getting their like people aren't gonna learn that like oh my opponent went like blue. Mm-hmm. I guess I should like I need to be careful of like when I crack my fetch lands. Yeah, I can't lead on my fable passage because I might just get annihilated. Mm-hmm. And like the the. Some version of the awful mono blue tempo deck is is around all the time. And Uh like, it's just going to like play stifles. A bunch of curiosities and stifles to make it so you never have any mana. Yeah, it's going to be awful. Yeah. Yeah. So So I want to come back to stifle in just a second, but we got one more card we want to talk about, right? We do. This card is a problem. Yeah. So, um, it's into the north. Yeah. Normally into the north. They gave you into the north. They did. They didn't give me a dark depths to go get with it. 
Well, maybe one day. Maybe one day. I mean, <laughs> they're stifled to like for people to like incorrectly stifle the trigger. So there's that. Um, <laughs> so into the north, one in the green for a sorcery. Search your library for a snowland card. Put it onto the battlefield. Tap, then shuffle. So it's rampant growth for snowlands. Uh, yeah. So yep. problem. Like yep. rampant growth is too good. Yep. And now we're giving you rampant growth, but you mm-hmm. have to play snowlands. Mm. Now notice, it doesn't say basic snowland. Correct. So you can sneak a couple snow duels into your deck to get with your end of the north. Yes, you can. You can also just get your snow basics. You can with with your end of the north. So you know the joys of having your opponent take all the turns now brought to you faster. <laughs> right? Because, like, now there's going to be turns where it's, like, turn two into the north, like, turn three, like, explore, grow spiral, next, uh, turn four, I'll just take all the turns now. Yeah. Migration path, whatever. Yeah. Just, like, ugh. Yeah. Like, and poor Tamio. Like, I used to like Tamio. Now whenever I see Tamio, I'm just like, oh, God, I have to win this game this turn. <laughs> or, like... Or I'll never have a chance again. I had an opponent uptick, get a time warp, and then I killed them. And I was like... Because I, like, I was like, oh, man, if I don't draw a land right here, I'm going to lose this game on the spot. Yep. Oh, no. Poor Tamio used to be just like, oh, you're fine, you're Tamio. Now it's like, no, you're public enemy number one. That's right. Like, you find is, time walks. Yeah, you just yeah, you just get time walks time warps back over and over and over again. Yeah, so like again, the thing that I said was going to like s- differentiate historic from other formats other than again, you know, the randomness of the cards mm-hmm. is the 2 minute acceleration. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, the mindstone Mindstone and Guardian Idol and now Into the North. Yep. Right? Like, if you don't care about, like, the artifact text on, like, Guardian we Idol. We Cold Steel Heart. Oh, Cold Steel Heart, yeah. If you don't care about the artifact text on those cards, yeah, like, Into the North is probably just better. So how close are we to a Merit Lage deck? Hex Mage stage in depths. Like, you're missing all the... <laughs> you're missing all the pieces. Well, like, no, we have Merit Lage at Slumber. Okay. Okay, I, I see where your head's at. Like, how many snow perms can we get on the battlefield? Yeah, like, how quick can we get a bunch of snow permanents? Because um, we, we have Cold Steel Heart, and Into the North goes and gets snow. Okay. And I guess, like, if you were, like, you know, feeling really freaky, you could, like, Emergent Growth, that gets snow lands. It does. It does get snow lands. I don't know. I feel like we're, we're probably too slow. We're probably too slow. I mean, yeah. I'm basically playing best of one, and best yeah. of one has kind of evolved into, um, like, really fast low to the ground decks. Yeah, and then, like, glacially slow, like draw go control decks mm-hmm. to kind of like answer stuff. Like, I don't think there's like room for like a slowish combo deck that may or may not have a lot of interaction like you know you know the like like you have elves like blue red spells Mm -hmm. um mono red uh i put the green white angels deck as like 
a fast deck. Yeah. Because they'll just well, be they can times... snowball out of control pretty quick. Yeah, there'll just be times where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm taking like thirty here. Right. I attacked my opponent for forty-two. Oof. They went to two. Yeah. When they passed the turn. Enough. When they passed the turn, they were at sixteen. Jeez. I was like, cool. I guess I'm dead. Yeah. Like I did my thing. It was not good enough. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Like the historic metagame is just like at least in best of one is very much just like kind of what the historic metagame is often. Uh, best of one mm-hmm. metagame is often it's just like head down. I'm trying to get yeah. my wins, yeah. or I'm gonna play this like god awful control deck and be here for 35 minutes. But <laughs> like you can't ever beat me with any of these fast decks. Yeah, and you know, and there's also the mono blue decks. I have just scooped to basic island. <laughs> like, my opponent goes basic island, enough. and I'm just like, like if you flash in a spectral sailor, I'm conceding this game. And end of turn, flash in, concede. We're good. Yep. Like, I don't want to deal with we're this. We're done here. Yeah. Like, the third one of those in a row, you're just like, oh, basic full art island? I know what you're on. I'm going <laughs> to save myself two minutes, and I'm just yep. going to move forward. Yep. So I want to circle back to Stifle for a second, unless there's another card you want to talk about. Um, I don't think there's one. Like, like Relic Ancient Grudge is worth noting, but I don't think we have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Relic is worth noting, but I don't know that we have to talk about it. Is Dragonstorm, for... I'm sure I'm going to lose to at some point. Yeah, so is there a way for me to Dragonstorm, please? Yeah, there is. How? They just printed Nivix Mastery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it gives you two. So you get two dragons. Mm-hmm. Oh, you get Unless two you dragons. Something else. And, but then you get uh, a Villamachus Lorehold as one of them. Oh, there you go. And then you start taking all the turns. Yeah. That does it. Okay. That's, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Or the dragon that gives all your dragons double strike. That does it too. You oh, because then Villamachus triggers twice, right? No, Villamachus is on uh, is on attack, not on hit. Oh, I thought it was combat damage. I thought, I it thought was... It was, the CMC was equal to the combat damage. I thought it was equal to his power. Yeah, I, I could be very wrong. wrong. Uh, let's see here. Find out. No, no, it's an attack trigger. You're right. Okay, woohoo! Which is why, like, I want to play this in modern, but all of the all of the five mana. Taking additional combat spells are too expensive for you to just buy randomly. You can get the um, what's it called? The dragon from was it Core nineteen? Like blast you in the face when it ETBs. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the five four. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess that would give you, you can two. Also just like get a bunch of um, what you call it's too Terror of the Peaks. Terror of the Peaks is the guy who blasts you in the face. No, oh, I was thinking the other one, the reanimator target. That's like three red, red, red. Oh, Dracuseth. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That like deals three and then deals three again. Or deals yeah. three and deals five, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I will get Dragon Stormed on and I will be like grumpy about it, but yeah. it'll probably also be sweet, so probably couldn't be too bad. Yep. Yeah. Be like, oh, your turn four combo beat my turn four combo. Damn. <laughs> you got to go before I did. Yeah, you won the die roll. Yeah. I didn't even get to see. 
All right. right. So circling back to Stifle. Okay. Stifle, as far as I can tell, is the only card on this list that is not modern legal. Um, I do believe you are correct. Because I think Dragonstorm got a reprint. Yeah, what was it like in originally? Scourge. Uh, Scourge, yeah. I think it got a reprint though. I think it is modern legal. It might. It might have been in uh, uh, like Time Spiral. I I don't remember. I I remember. I vaguely remember it being reprinted though. So other than maybe Dragonstorm, Stifle is the only card on this list that is not currently modern legal. So what do you think the chances of it being in Modern Horizons two are? Stifle being in Modern Horizons two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It definitely could be. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility. It's not more powerful than modern is, I don't think. Modern is a very, very, very different place when your blue opponent can keep up a blue mana to stone rain you and then have up blue, blue to counter your spell and then have up blue, 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 blue to counter your spell or draw two cards. It's true. Like that is just like a very different format. Like well, I, I don't think know if... modern is a very different format than I think either of us have played. Yeah, than than what we left anyways. it. Yeah, than where yeah. we left it. Um No, I could I could see it. Yeah. I have I think I have foil stifles. I think I have foil. Oh, I don't have foils, stifles. but I have OG ones. Okay, I think I have foil conspiracy stifles. Yeah. Uh Dear God. The regular the conspiracy ones are thirteen dollars. Wow. The scourge ones are twenty six. Wow. For non foils? For non foils. Holy moly! I think For... I, <laughs> I think I ordered extras on accident. <laughs> I think I have like seven of them. You did it. Yeah, I should probably get rid of some of them. You did it! Wow. Yeah. Um. No, I think stifle. Like, I think that putting Stifle in the format is a shout-out to trying to make, um, like, Rug Delver a deck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's all right, though. Yeah, it probably is fine. You know, but it also kind of goes to, like, taking some core, like, legacy gameplay and moving it to modern. Which might be something they want to do anyway, though. Yeah, which is what you talked about. Like, let's just yeah. turn modern into legacy in terms yeah. of, like, some of the gameplay. And then turn, uh, leg- and then turn, like, legacy into vintage in that no one plays it. Right. But I mean, like, like, I think you, like, lose a lot of people if you Maybe. do that. You know what I mean? Like. A lot of, again, enfranchised modern players. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know if you can Tron in like That's a true. world uh, in a world of like stifles, counter spells, and delvers. That's true, right? Like you go like turn they're like turn one delver, and then it flips, and like you played a map, and you tap your map, mm-hmm. and they stifle it. Stifle it, yeah. 
and then they cast an opt and then like what are you supposed to do like you're right. just like oh my god they basically <laughs> time walked me for two turns for one mana cast yeah. an opt or they bolted me i'm now suddenly at 11 right and there's no way anything i'm going to cast is ever going to resolve yeah Oof. right like no 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 like tron is always the bad guy but like there's a lot of people that like tron or like oh gosh mm -hmm. um amulet titan oh you're yeah like, you play like you play like your amulet and you're like bounce land and you're like stifle the amulet trigger <laughs> just pick up your land yeah oh i guess i'm not doing anything this turn now like you have yeah. your whole turn laid out and it just gets stifled and you're like oh jesus or they go through all the hoops and they get a prime time down and you stifle it <laughs> oh you stifle the the atb trigger and they're yeah. like oh no there's my there's like my whole line yeah Oops. my hand's now empty my hand's empty and then they're like path your path your prime time you're just like oh yeah. jesus okay yep cool yeah, all so for the I, low low price of two mana. Yeah, like, yeah, cool. You did all. You did. You did your whole thing. Now, now you have nothing. Cool. It seems like an odd place to be, to like take your most beloved format. Yeah, and be like, like everybody, like everyone who gets to play Legacy enjoys Legacy, but mm -hmm. like the thing that people like about Modern is like. And this is something that Saffron Olive mentioned when he was talking about like the ten decks that are in modern that are in modern from Modern Horizons, which is like mm -hmm. you just get to like you have all these like tier two decks that you can like show up to like a and your and, modern knight, your modern knight, and like get to play, right? right. Like, yeah, but I mean, Legacy is kind of the same way to some degree, but like there's I think a the, ton of tier two decks in Legacy. There, there are. But, like, I think the delta between the Tier 1 and the Tier 2 decks in Legacy is probably bigger than the delta in Modern. Could be. Right? So, like, I think that, like, your Tier 2 deck and Modern might have, like, a 48% win rate. Yeah. Where, like, maybe your Tier 2 deck in Legacy has, like, a 45%. Like, what is the win rate with, like, Enchantress? Like, people play that deck. Versus me, like a hundred percent. Versus versus me, I'm like, oh cool, I have a buy. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever beat Enchantress. Oh, I had an opponent go like, gosh, they were just like uh, wild growth, and I was like, cool, merit Lynch, go. And I looked at him, I said, please don't have elephant grass. And he's like, I don't. I was like, excellent. That was that was the game. I was like, you have elephant grass? He's like, no. I was like, cool, I win. For the people who don't know, Elephant Grass is one of the green for an enchantment with a cumulative upkeep of one that says black creatures can't attack. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got other text, but it's black creatures can't attack. And I was like, yeah. please please don't have the card that makes it so I can't kill you. And he's like, yeah, right. I don't have that. And I was like, excellent. I get to like win Good. this game. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, like, if you push a bunch of people out, like, or like the thing with Modern is like you get to like keep your deck and like we're gonna yeah. run into this with modern horizons too where like it's a forced rotation true right like think of the decks that like just you aren't playable mm -hmm. uh all yeah, right I mean, we'll see how much it shakes the format up so 
we tried to keep it a tight show, but we were going to go super long. Yeah, we so failed miserably at keeping it a miserably. tight show. Yeah, we're going to come back and look at our Modern Horizons called shots, what we hope to see, what we think we'll see next week. Yep, and, and then, then the week after, we're going to try and do a modern check-in, I think, and just kind of look at the format because we're out of touch. Yeah, like we were just now looking at it. We're like, oh my gosh, this is craziness. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I think we have a show. We have a show. So if you like to tweet us what you're excited about for, you know, new organized play or um, what sweet historic anthology five cards you're going to play. Or uh, how many us- uh, Predator secret layers you're going to buy. Yeah, you can get at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can email us show at casualtryhardmtg.com. If you're looking to pick up singles, don't forget to use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Word on the street is all of the mystical archives are dirt cheap. So if you're looking to pick some up, now is probably the time to get them. Uh, please use our affiliate link if you decide to do so. I'll help keep the show going. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, patrons get early access to our show notes, and they get to listen to our kind of pre-show ramblings, and more to come. Uh, more working to come. on some, some other things for our patrons that they're going to have access to before before the rest of you guys do. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Throw a couple bucks in Patreon if you want to uh, be part of that crowd. And don't forget our Discord. There's a link in the description to get into our Discord room. Uh, There's also a link on social media, on Twitter and Facebook and all that. Um, Hop into our Discord. Ask us questions. I was just helping somebody with a deck for a couple minutes right before we started recording this. Talk about show ideas, what you think about magic. Just about anything goes in there. So hop on over, join our Discord. And I think that's it for this week. You got anything else? I don't think so. So with that... We will catch you on the internet. We will almost catch you at FNM. Almost.